Welcome to White Coats of the Round Table. My name's Mike Asbeck, and I'm here as always, or at least most of the time, with John McDonald. We are a healthcare podcast focused on career development, non-clinical career paths, and burnout prevention. John, I cut you off, but good morning. How are you? It is a morning, and we are now doing this every week in the morning, bright and early, 8 o'clock, and I've got my latte made, so I'm, I'm set to go. How about you? It is a good-looking latte, so I'm already in the office, but I do appreciate these morning recording times. I'm very much a, a morning person. I've been already working at the office for a couple hours, so... Are you shaming me <laughs> right now? You're like, oh, nice latte. Um, I've been at work after working out, and I've had the kids and the chickens. No, actually, today was uh, not by choice. We have a sick child at home, and he was up at 4.45 a.m. complaining that his ears hurt. So I gave him ibuprofen, settled him down on the couch, but at 5 a.m. I was not going back to sleep. So I showered, made a pot of coffee, and I was just kind of sitting there. It was almost like the, the Pablo Escobar meme from Narcos, you know, just sitting there. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go into the office. I've got stuff to do. So I, I came in nice and early. I don't know if it's what's better, dealing with that or my, my youngest, my five-year-old, just turned five, came in screaming at us that he wants donuts this morning. At what time? And only this morning. I think it started at 5.30. Yep. Yep. Yeah. At this ungodly hour. I want donuts. Donuts. Yep. Okay. The joys of parenthood. Anyway, so we're not here to talk about parenting, although that might be a, a fun episode at some point of being a parent in, in a healthcare field, especially I think for moms. I'd love to have uh, maybe a panel of people on to talk about women in healthcare and the challenges of that. But anyways, John, what are we talking about today? We're talking about cover letters. We, we talked a bit about resumes last week. And cover letters are something that uh, we haven't covered yet, but definitely an important part of our, you know, pursuing some new points in our career, new pathways in our career. Uh, and so we're going to break it down. We're going to talk a bit about uh, what the differences are between resumes and cover letters, important key points of what to remember, tips and tricks. Uh, and really just a, a little valuation of what a cover letter should contain. I, I think it's great. As we talked about last week, May seemed like a good time to do some topics that were maybe a little bit more focused on new graduates as, as we're in graduation season. But at the same time, I think having a good resume, having a good cover letter is something that is appropriate and really good for everybody to keep in mind because my brother says it best. He always says, if you're not looking for a job, you're doing something wrong because even if you're happy in your current role, you should always be at least looking to see what's out there. Even if it's just to test the market, make sure that your current compensation is appropriate. Make sure that you're you know, content with your current job. Maybe there's something else out there that's exciting and you'll miss that opportunity if you're not looking. But John, I'm also really excited to talk about cover letters because I alluded to it last week. I had recently applied for a job and it required a cover letter. And for most of the work that I do with consulting, I just submit a CV to them. They give me a contract for consulting and I don't have to submit an application per se. And for this job, I did. So I had to write a cover letter for the first time in years. And it was awkward. It was awful. It sounded so self-promoting. I hated it. So I'm really curious to dive into this topic. I know you did a lot of work in the show notes, which we'll post on the website. But I think this is a 
tough thing because it's hard to know the balance between being humble but also promoting yourself and representing yourself as an asset to your potential employer. Yeah. Uh, really, if, if we're going to break it down, a cover letter, what it does is it takes the non-conventional and non-traditional form of a resume and allows you to give a voice. So it, it allows you to show some skills, some soft skills, especially um, interest, unique interest in the company you're going for, um, and really give the opportunity to catch the eye of a hiring manager, whereas a resume alone might not do that. Uh, you can be a little bit more informal, uh, still professional, but a little bit more informal when it comes to a cover letter. So it really fills in the gaps of what a resume can't do. Uh, so a lot of us are scared of writing cover letters because of what you mentioned. It's It seems too self-promotional um, and lacks a humble nature for some folks, but it doesn't really, it doesn't need to be like that. Yeah, I agree. I think the the way that you differentiate that is perfect, that the cover letter really allows you to have a voice. And I think it maybe is your first introduction to the job you're applying to of here's who I am. Here's what I believe I can do. But as we talked about last week, too, the quality of your writing, the the ability to write incomplete sentences can go a long way, too, because I think there can be some potential pitfalls in a cover letter. A poorly written cover letter is probably a, a really good indicator that that job application will not make it past that first level of screening. Yep. Let's talk about some important uh, cover letter uh, points and data, hard facts here of what cover letters do for your job search. So when you submit a cover letter, and this is from Career Builder, a great resource when you're trying to write resumes, cover letters, look for jobs. If you haven't checked out Career Builder, go ahead and, and uh, look them up. But when it's not required of you, uh, submitting a cover letter increases your chance of being hired by 50%. Uh, it, it's definitely, cover letters are definitely important for entry level positions or for your first position ever because when you do have that that short resume because you don't have a lot of experience. As we talked about last week, uh, this allows them to get a little, get to know you a bit better um, and may give you an edge over other first year candidates as well. Um, there is, there's another data set here that says 60% of hiring managers expect cover letters to be customized for each job application. And so we'll, we'll get to that too. You can't just have a stock uh, cover letter for every, because they'll know. And we'll get to that as well. Uh, in that same survey, though, 25% of hiring managers said a generic cover letter is the most common mistake. So they're point taken here. Uh, and lastly, really, it's this is from JobVite. Just a quote from them. A well-crafted cover letter can help job seekers stand out from the competition and get an interview. I mean, that's really basically what this is. The point we're doing a cover letter is to try and get access to the hiring manager to get that first interview. That is the point of a cover letter. Um, so these are the hard facts. It, it does have impact for your job search. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about format. We'll, we'll keep a, a similar format for our show that we did last week and talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of a cover letter. Talk to me a little bit about length. I know last week when we talked about resumes, you discussed that really a resume should be around two pages and you should try to avoid exceeding that. What do you think for length for a cover letter? Because I've seen cover letters that are just three or four sentences. I've also seen cover letters that are, you know, equivalent to Moby Dick. Yeah, it does depend on what type of job you're going into. Uh, seeing that 
you and I and our audience is primarily healthcare professionals. We're going to probably stick with a traditional form, uh, and that would be one page, probably three to four paragraphs. So yeah, it, it's usually just going to be one page, uh, and maybe we will get into the t different styles of cover letters uh, to explain where you would use a different um, set of paragraphs or even shorten it up. Do you want to actually dive into that? Because I'm, I'm actually somewhat cover letter naive here, and you are definitely more of the, the career development expert in our partnership here. So talk to me about format. What is different formatting for cover letters? Because I just presumed it would be, this is who I am. This is my skill set for the job. Please consider me. So there's a few styles here, six that I'm, I'll talk about quickly. There's traditional, there's a storytelling style, there's value proposition, a creative, a research-based, and problem solving. So ideally for healthcare professionals, we're going to be sticking with traditional. But uh, when we had Megan on for, for writing, uh, freelance writing and medical writing, you might not use a traditional, you might use a storytelling. Because a storytelling focuses on narratives and compelling stories to engage readers. And if the point of the position is to engage the readers of the business you're working for, it would behoove us to, to show that in a cover letter. Um, show some soft skills and some strong uh, set skills. Now it's value proposition is our next uh, style. But this is more suited for those who are in sales, business development, which is still can be in healthcare. Uh, we talk about pharma all the time. There's a lot of business development there, working for certain companies for startups. Uh, this is going to show uh, more of your data and your facts, what you've been able to accomplish. Because if you're in sales, yes, they want somebody who has a great personality, uh, great leadership styles, but the nuts and bolts of it is they want to see your progression in your previous companies, what you were able to do in a star format or your X to Y's by when. So I was able to increase uh, the sales in this department in this amount of time. Like that's the most important part. So we I, we could keep going down the different styles, but essentially you're going to be sticking with a traditional for most of the audience that we're working towards. And I'm going to be posting these notes on here so you can look at the different styles if you don't feel like the traditional fits for you. Yeah, it sounds like at least that traditional is going to be the one that we use most of the time. But I think it is really important to think about these different styles. And my takeaway as you're discussing that is that I think it makes sense to stick with a style and then not get a mishmash and having some discipline in terms of formatting. Because even looking at this, I know when I've written my own cover letters, I may have the majority of it be traditional but maybe there's a paragraph in there where I'm doing some storytelling. Maybe there's a paragraph in there where I'm doing some value proposition. And maybe that all comes together okay. But I worry that what may happen is the cover letter looks disoriented. It looks um, uncoordinated. So I think at least being aware of different styles or different approaches of cover letters, even though we may write the majority of the time in a traditional format is really helpful. Yeah. So we, we talked about length and then there's content, uh, to simplify it, resumes are your, your snapshots. It's very focused on skills, work experience, accomplishments. Uh, it's your, if you're into video games, it's your KD spread. It's, it's your stats really. Uh, the cover letter is just expanding upon the resume as we mentioned earlier. Uh, and it's demonstrating your interest in the specific position and organization. 
And this is what a lot of candidates miss out on is your research that you've done on the company that you're applying to. If you're not familiar with the culture, uh, if you're not familiar with what's expected of you, what the leadership style is, uh, what their pipeline is, uh, what their future is, what their financials are, if you don't know the company, maybe you shouldn't be applying to them. Uh, just, just a thought. Um, but the cover letter is a great opportunity for you to show that you understand their company, you understand their values, you are showing that you align with their values, and you show that you would be a great, great team member for their value system. So you're really sh just showing them, hey, I understand who you guys are. I understand what you're about. I've talked to your colleagues. Um, I've kept up with you guys on LinkedIn. And this isn't just a one-off. I'm just shooting a cover letter and resume to you guys. I really do know who you are and I want to be a part of your team. That's extremely important. You want to show them that you know who their company is. So maybe the takeaway from that, from a content perspective, is that instead of thinking of cover letters as being an overview of who we are, rather we should think of cover letters as us showing that we've done the research on who they are and then fitting fitting our skill set to what we identify as the needs or the role that they're looking for. And I think that's actually really helpful because that's my big struggle with cover letters is it's like this feels so boastful. I feel like I'm, you know, pushing the margins of what's truth versus just me being, you know, braggadocious. So maybe reframing it of here are the skills that this employer is looking for. Here's where I think I fit those skills. Here's how I can accomplish this goal for you. Think about it as sales. Uh, you've seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street or, you know, these other words like sell me a pen, right? So in interviewing, you are essentially selling yourself. And how do you always set up a sales pitch is you find out where the pain points of the company that you're trying to sell to are like what, what have you identified in your company to be a problem the cover letter is the same deal and so is the resume in a sense but the cover letter is saying hey i understand your pain points um i i want to i want to know what you need your company needs to be successful and this is how i can fill that gap for you it's it's just sales you're selling your skills we just don't we forget to think about it this way yeah i like that a lot well what do you have next so format uh Format is pretty self-identifiable with these. It's your format, every seen the resume, every seen the cover letter. You're going to have a structured uh, opening body and closing for your cover letter, and the format for resume can vary greatly, and we will not get into that. If you're unsure, Google it, or even Google Drive. There's a lot of good templates out there if you're unsure of formatting. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go to personal information. Uh, so for resumes, you will put all of your personal information in there, your name, phone number, email addresses, base uh, contact details, but your cover letters is, it's really just a normal letter. You're having an intro. Um, hopefully you have addressed this specifically to the hiring manager, if you know who that is, uh, and you're closing with who you are and your credentials. That's, that's it. It's being attached to your resume, so you don't have to put more information in uh, customization resumes. It's not, you're not gonna be able to customize it too much. We've talked about the ATS system and formatting and how changing things up too much might actually screw up your 
ability to get through to a hiring manager or to HR at all. Uh, so you want to stick with the same formats with your resumes, but for cover letters, it can be very customizable. Um, for, for instance, I applied to a tech company, um, a while back and I saw their format. I saw how they formatted their, uh, releases to the media, uh, their internal memos, and they were a little bit more stylistic. So I decided to be a little bit more stylistic with my cover letter and I told more of a story because when you went to their about section, their company, they were very much a storytelling company that that's how they wanted to, uh, uh, prop up their business in the community is saying like this, we, we understand your pain points, but we're going to do it in a, in a motive way. So that's exactly what I did. I just mimicked how their company went about communicating to their employees and through media. So I told more of a story, uh, on the opposite end, I was very structured in a research-based, uh, cover letter. So you can customize this. And that's the fun part about this. If you like writing, if you like being creative, cover letters don't have to be this horrible, monotonous thing. It can really be an exciting way to show your interest in the company. Show who you are, kind of mm -hmm. allow your personality to shine or allow your knowledge to shine. If it's something like a research focused cover letter, that's a really great opportunity to introduce a skill set that you believe to be valuable. Yes. So let's delivery. You have you have some stuff here on electronic versus standalone documents versus mail. But here's a question I have with that, because I, I like to think that probably we don't need to spend too much time on delivery. Most people are going to be sending stuff electronically. Do you send your cover letter and or CV or resume as a PDF or as a Word document? Because I always am unsure. So, uh, yeah, usually what you're going to do is send it along electronically. However, the HR HR set it up. But what I've always done. Secondly is if I can get in contact with the hiring manager, I will send over a PDF and or Word document of both my resume and my cover letter to them in a separate email so that they have it and can pass it along, easily print it out if they have colleagues that want to look at it. That's a great point. I think we talked last week and again this week about how difficult it is with these applicant tracking systems and how so often step one for a new job application is just to make sure that you make it through the automated screening process. If you have a contact, use it. If you know someone that works at the company, it's not a bad thing to send them an email and say, hey, I recently applied. I just wanted to pass along my CV and resume or CV and a cover letter to you as well. Looking forward to you know more discussion on this opportunity. I think fortune favors the bold. Um, sometimes we have to be careful because if you're kicking doors down, then you, you know, you might turn people off as well, but the recurrent theme of this podcast continues to be network, network, network. And the hope is that if you have a really broad and rich network, you may have points of contact there. Maybe it's the hiring manager. Maybe it's someone who actually referred you and told you about the opening, but don't be hesitant to use those connections and just make sure that you're sending them a copy because that very often may ensure that your resume and your cover letter end up in front of the people that are the decision makers as opposed to potentially getting lost in the shuffle. And and I would recommend if you're going to send along that you do it as a PDF because uh, you don't know who uses Google Docs versus Word versus... I always do PDF for that reason because you never know. I have Mac, so I don't use Word. And when I open Word stuff, it, the formatting can be weird. So I always do PDF for that reason. 
So John, why don't you kind of wrap up the the educational component of this? If you've got maybe a summary of some key elements of an effective cover letter, and then I know you actually put together some examples of good cover letters and bad cover letters. Maybe we go through a couple of those just to give examples and then our critiques of them. Yeah. So uh, I'll just go on a little bit of a rant here. So buckle up, everybody. This is just going to be a quick explanation. So with our opening paragraphs, we, we want to remember to address the individual by name if possible. Uh, if you can get the hiring manager information, uh, you can do that through LinkedIn. Most of the time, if they posted this on Indeed, LinkedIn, wherever else, it will usually show who has posted that and you can contact them. And if they did it through... Uh, one of their colleagues or through HR or a hiring manager uh, sent that to a recruiter, you could usually get their information from that recruiter. So try to use their name. Um, introduce yourself. Talk about your title qualifications, any relevant affiliations and certifications that associate with the position. We keep drilling this in. Last week we did it. We've done it in the past as well. Keep the information relevant to the position that you're going towards. Don't include information that is not helpful in getting you the position. You might think it's helpful. You might think that maybe this shows a soft skill, but you want to make sure that every word that goes into your cover letter is purposeful uh, and not there to kind of show filler because that's what it will appear as. Um, you want to express interest in the position and organization. So demonstrate the skill of research that you know who they are, you know where they've been, and you're excited about where they're going. Um, try and discuss using their verbiage. Go to their about page, go to their mission value statements, um, and see what they find valuable, and even list it out. You said that teamwork is your number one priority. This is why and how I've shown teamwork in the past, and this is what teamwork, um, this is what excites me about teamwork. Like if you want the attention of a company, use their value statements, mission statements, core beliefs, and put that in your cover letter. They will eat that up. Okay. Um, body paragraphs, you're going to be highlighting your relevant skills and qualifications. This is where you can be a little bit more creative. Uh, this should be, again, focused on the skills directly applicable to the job you're going towards. Uh, Quantifiable results and success stories definitely give credibility uh, to your to your claim. So when I was talking about emotive language, this does help here because it ties your passion to the job that they're posting. Uh, they want to see passionate individuals. Uh, and you've probably heard of the the star method situation, task, action, and result. This is how we want to structure any situations in our body. So you want to say, like, hey, this is what the situation, this is what was set up. This was the problem that came up. Um, this was the task at hand that was given to me. This is what I did in response to the situation. And these were the results. Try use simplifi uh, simplified star method language to get to the point so we're not rambling. Uh, and lastly, make sure that you do just your simplified uh, information on that PDF. Now, if you're handing it to somebody, you want to make sure you have your contact information on there. But if this is done through email, uh, usually contact information isn't necessary because, again, you're putting your resume there as well and you have your email address in their inbox. So 
though that's generally what the cover letter looks like um let's go into an example this is what i wanted to do have a little bit of fun uh closing this up today mike i do have so much more to talk about on cover letters but we'll leave it here so i asked ai to write some examples of cover letters for me i said give me some poor moderate and exceptional examples of a five-year veteran PA looking to join a psych clinic. And I did this especially for you, Mike. Okay? So I, I want to know what you think about this one. Dear hiring manager, I'm writing to apply for the physician assistant position at your psychiatric clinic. I've been a PA for five years and have experience in various medical settings. I'm confident that my skills and qualifications make me a great fit for your clinic. I have always been interested in mental health, and I believe my experience as a PA qualifies me for this position. I am a hard worker and a team player. I'm excited to join your clinic and contribute to the ex excellent care provided to patients. Thank you for considering my application. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Please evaluate, Mike. What do you think about that one? So first, right off the bat, I actually, I like it. I think it's concise. I think it's organized. It's straightforward. If I were reading this as, you know, within my role in my clinic and looking for new applicants for a PA role here, I would assume that this is a new graduate, not someone with five years of experience because it doesn't really do a whole lot to highlight relevant or specific experience, rather just says I'm really passionate and uses these broad terms, which I think to me as a, a decision maker would say, I don't actually have a whole lot of relevant experience, so I'm just going to talk about my passion and my interest for this as opposed to my actual skill set. But beyond that, if this were a new graduate cover letter as opposed to someone with five years of experience in mental health, um, I think it would be completely reasonable. Although I'm looking it over again and you have here, I've been a PA for five years, so maybe my takeaway from this would be as a hiring manager that this is a PA with five years of experience, but that experience is not in psychiatry. So they're trying to now make the pivot into a specialty that they don't have experience in. So they're focusing on these 30,000 foot overviews of I'm passionate, I'm interested, I really want to do mental health. But I don't necessarily look at this as a bad cover letter. It's just very brief and um, very broad. So I'd love your thoughts on it because you are much more of an expert on this. No, I don't think it's that bad either. I think that you can do better though. That's, that's kind of where I'm going to go with this next one. I just want you to, we're going to read through this. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through the exceptional one. We're just going to go uh, evaluate this. So, dear hiring manager, I'm writing to apply for the physician assistant position at your esteemed psychiatric clinic. Okay. First of all, esteemed. I'm, I would never use that word. <laughs> okay. Sorry. With five years of experience as a physician assistant, I have developed a deep passion for providing comprehensive psychiatric care to patients. Throughout my career, I've gained individual, individual experience in assessing and diagnosing psychiatric conditions, developing treatment plans, and collaborating with multidisciplinary teams to ensure holistic patient care. I am particularly drawn to your clinic's commitment to evidence-based practice, patient advocacy, and community engagement. I admire the collaborative and patient-centered approach that your clinic embraces, and I'm eager to contribute my skills and expertise to your team. Thank you for your consideration for my application. I welcome the opportunity to discuss further how my qualifications align with the clinic needs. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. So this is why I think it's much better because even though the first person probably had, even if they were a GP, 
they've experienced some sort of psychiatric evaluations, referrals, you can put some story in there. You come into contact. Why are you excited about psychiatric care? Like give them the why, even if you don't have experience, maybe you're have family, they have severe psychiatric conditions. Maybe you yourself were able to help in a community aspect at some point. Like everybody has a story to add to why they want this position. And if you're trying to make up stuff, then maybe you don't really want that position. You're just looking for a job. So move along. This is podcast isn't for you. Yeah, I like it. I think it's still very concise. It's not long, but it starts to tie in a little bit more of specificity of why. The answering that why question. I also like that it talks about I'm drawn to your clinic's commitment and then goes through some things. Still keep taking that 30,000 foot overview, but specifically tying in here's why I really am passionate about your clinic or really excited to join your team. So I think, John, those are great. And obviously there's so many more opportunities to give examples or review them. I think my key takeaway with this is having multiple people look over a cover letter is always going to be a good thing. So if you're applying for a job and you write a cover letter, you don't necessarily need to hire a resume writing service or, or pay money, but talk to your colleagues, talk to your friends, talk to your family. It doesn't even have to be someone in healthcare if it's just someone to, to make sure that you re remember to put periods in the right spot. But have people look it over, get a lot of feedback, make sure that it's a, a group effort in terms of editing and making sure that it really gets polished down to a well-finished product. Let me give a couple of resources to, for people to use um, and we'll say goodbyes, Mike. So we can go to the muse.com. Uh, they have a lot of different advice on how to write I mean, everything from letter writing to cover letters to examples for healthcare professionals and resumes. Uh, the American Association of Medical Assistants, the AAMA, they have a lot of information there as well. There's Career One Stop. They have ResumeGenius.com and LinkedIn Learning. LinkedIn Learning has a lot of great courses that are for free. You can get some more if you're on premium, uh, but if you haven't checked out their their courses on resume writing and cover letter writing, they are very helpful, very concise. And we'll make sure the show notes for this one, if you haven't noticed, listeners are immense. You can tell anytime John does show notes because they're incredibly detailed, they're incredibly well resourced. And when I do the show notes very often, they're shorter because I end up wanting to do more big picture abstract discussion. So John, I'm blown away by what you've put together and I, I really can't wait to share it with our listeners within our newsletter, but then also on our show notes on our website. As we always do, though, let's shift and transition to some personal items. We always like to finish the show with some aspect of something that is not career, not medical. Healthcare can be all consuming and we want to retain our humanity. John, what do you have going on in your life right now? So right now, personal item, I've been in my barn a lot. Last night, I hope my neighbors don't hate me because I did a midnight project use a rip saw to tear some MDF apart to put a floor up here. So I get a little bit manic in the summer. The sunlight does something to people like me. And I'm excited about cleaning up my barn, creating a studio out there so I can record with you out there. And so I hope that everybody gets to see this soon. Uh, I don't know if I'll do it. <laughs> like I've got great plans, but ADHD, you know, you get great plans, but don't always execute. But that's I'm excited about it. How about you, man? Well, we'll commit, we'll commit to maybe putting a picture of your home studio up once it's finally done. We'll share it with the listeners. 
So I'll, I, as, as you know, I always like to riff off of your personal item and pick something with a similar theme. So I'll stick with the warmer weather. It is a fun summer. We're reaching the stage. You and I have kids that are similar age, but we're reaching the stage of life where we are exiting babies and it, it's really fun. So later today, after I get out of the office, it's 78 and sunny today. So we're going to take everybody and go down to the bike park and go for some trail rides. Three out of the four are now on bikes, no training wheels. So we're reaching that stage of life where we can just go for a bike ride. So I'm not sure how that's going to work with the two-year-old. We'll probably have to, my wife and I'll have to take shifts riding the trails with the older kids, but there's a really nice bike park. It's bike park right by the lake, downtown Buffalo, that has all kinds of trails and, and fun little stuff, you know, jumps and, and all that kind of stuff as well. So it's a really cool spot. I'll take you there next time you come to town. Uh, so we're going to take all the kids and, and have a lot of fun with that. So we'll wrap it there. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We're White Coats of the Round Table. If you like what you hear, give us a follow, subscribe, and even leave us a review. This is the way that people find our show. If you don't like what you hear, definitely don't review us. Also, if you're on LinkedIn, we recently launched a LinkedIn newsletter. And what we're going to do is every week put out a, a newsletter that basically gives an overview of the topic that we discuss on the podcast, shares the links, the relevant resources. And sometimes John and I may also use that platform to talk about things in our own personal careers and our own musings. So if you're interested in that, give us a subscribe. Until next week, this is Mike along with John and we're White Coats at the Round Table. Have a great week, everyone.